Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees, and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free, and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-Air Madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-Air Brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf. At LAX. Thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the Where's the flight? This bitch keeps talking to me! I hope this crashes. Out the fucking door! Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> oh, what's going on? <laughs> Welcome to Mid-Flight Brawl. Any tip break can fly now. Here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. We did it. We made it to Christmas, mate. <laughs> mate, we made it to Christmas. A lot of people didn't. If you look at those coronavirus stats, when we started this podcast and now, oh yeah, we may have lost a few listeners. Zero to millions. I don't know that we lost any listeners, actually. <laughs> anyway, Christmas, tomorrow, what are you getting? Uh, mate, that's a good question. What can you get a 33-year-old man who's got a job? Uh, it's the same thing I've asked for every year, to be left alone just for a day. Oh, yeah, that's not fucking happening. Ever again. No, definitely not. That's why I ask. I may as well, I may as well ask for that and a fucking unicorn, yeah. and you know, just put it on the list of made up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have yeah. um, I have asked for uh, when I start drinking again at the start of Jan, just for just for a couple of days, couple, couple of days. days. Yeah, right. What? So I can blow out and remember why I had the year off in the first place. You're just gonna go get a hotel or something, that sort of thing. Or you're going to stay at home, or what? No, they might. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just going to go go to some pubs with some mates. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, have a lot of beers, and I don't want to be annoyed with a hangover. Yeah, fair enough. Especially after not having one for a year. That's all I. Re- I don't, man. What else do you get? Socks and jocks. What do you get? You've got two kids uh, that are way older than my kid. Probably a tin of Corinthians. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'll get. Box of Cadbury favourites. Yeah. That's what I needed. Small morrow bars. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I don't one time when I was a kid, we got I got a fly swat once. Oh yeah? We all did. Me and my brothers all got fly swats. It was fucking sick. Summer, Queensland. We were, we spent a lot of time at Fraser Island, which is yeah. fucking currently on fire. But um mm-hmm. flies were brutal, as is the case for all postcard worthy beauty spots. Cameras don't pick up the fucking insects, do they, for the postcards? Uh, everywhere, just swatting flies for a week or so. It was sick. Killed a lot of flies. There was one auntie that just used to give us beach towels every year. Yeah. Like I reckon she, she found a bargain 10 years ago and has just been rationing these out ever since. Oh, yeah. You're still checking the oil with them now. Man, I think the best present was Test Match Cricket, the little felt, you know, the felt Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Uh, mat. That's old school now. I've got, a, I've got one. My boy's got Test Match Cricket now. It's just a card game. Still pretty good. It's a card game. It's a card. It's good. You still bat and bowl and everything, but you're picking up cards to see what sort of ball you do. Do you though? Yeah. It's a traveler pack, I think. Ah, all right. So there's no stupid man with that ridiculous action. That, That's the whole point. Yeah, I know. But uh, Which still, <laughs> compared to the video games available at the time, cricket video games, super international cricket, four, no ball. Um, man, test match cricket, the physical game had better graphics than Super International Cricket. Oh, yeah. No, it's pretty good. 
Don't get me wrong. I liked it. The physics were spot on. Yeah, unless there was a breadcrumb on the fucking kitchen table. Yeah. Then all of a sudden there's some there's some light breaking spin balls. Morning style. Googly. You end up bowling it to the boundary. <laughs> some fucker left a marble on the table. Um I, I'd never played a board game as a kid that didn't end in a punch up. No. So towards the end, once you start putting hotels on Monopoly, you start limbering up, stretch the neck. <laughs> get ready to run. Whatever. <laughs> Crack the knuckles. <laughs> yeah. I got Mayfair and Park Lane. I'm going to put my shoes on. Yeah. I'm going to have to get out of here pretty quick. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we should get stuck in. Fair bit to cover here. And uh, might I say how much I'm enjoying these crashes might make it a fucking fixture. Um, mm. We'll... we'll We'll cover a crash, a Christmas crash, classic Christmas <laughs> crash before we get into the uh, brawling incidents. <laughs> but Mate, we should have the chat, dun, 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 you know, classic catches, yeah. classic crashes. Well, this particular one is, of course, Pan Am Flight 103 from Frankfurt to Detroit via London and NYC. <laughs> That's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. Right. If you haven't seen this is a good uh, air crash investigations episode to watch. Yeah. I mean, too many stops right there straight off the bat. It's not a fucking bus. Yeah. It was um, 243 passengers, 16 crew, plus some unaccompanied luggage, mm. one piece of which ended up being a bit of a problem. If I were a handler... I would think it's the one with the alarm clock and the sticky tape. Yeah, and that's why, you know, that's it's Lockerbie that uh, now you can't, the plane can't take off if the passengers aren't on and they've got check bags Yeah, because of Lockerbie. I used that to my advantage once, actually. I was asleep at the gate. I'll tell you this. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so they wouldn't let me on. I said, okay, I'll just get my bags off and I'll see you down at the counter. You haven't got bags? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Started to walk off. They just let me on the plane. <laughs> Didn't have bags. <laughs> it's good to use terrorism to your advantage every once in a while. Well, someone's got to get it. I mean, a lot of kids get free bus rides due to Daniel Morecambe in Queensland. So Yeah, you know, that's true. Every cloud. Um, <laughs> we're looking back, if you can cast your mind, to December 21, 1988, my very birthday. Your birthday? Yeah. Wow. Sometimes. What a day. A young boy's birthday wishes do come true. Um, <laughs> 200, 260 from the plane and 11 on the ground. Brown bread. Very impressive body count. Really put Lockerbie on the map, this. Yeah, I don't. I actually feel bad for Lockerbie because then it's not on the um, the flight schedule at all. No. Like it's on, not on the flight manifesto. It's Frankfurt to Detroit via London and New York City. Yeah. Yet it's known as the Lockerbie flight. Oh, it's the first plane to ever land in Lockerbie, I think. Mm. Maybe the odd hang glider. Um <laughs> It's uh, some of the debris, right? Hit the ground so fucking hard that the people in the houses it destroyed were never found. Jesus, making me think that maybe it was an elaborate ruse from someone living on the street, formerly known as Sherwood Crescent, to start a new life somewhere else. <laughs> Man, you're just at the pub having a few beers, going, "I can't fucking go back to this joint." Yeah, the the fucking kids are doing my head in. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> And then you see on the news, you go, Fuck, "Is that my car? Is that a, is that a wingtip through the windshield?" Yeah, sick. I'm on Idiot. a bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a cheap razor. I'm going to get a big razor. Do me hair. I'm hitting the bricks. To me, like starting a new life somewhere. That's the most impressive of all human feats. Faking your own death. <laughs> it's a lost art now, thanks to technology. Yeah. When people used to do that, and it still must happen very occasionally. Fucking impressive. Like real good. Yeah, there was some. They were looking for some French bloke recently. Like 20 years ago, they said he's probably in far north Queensland or the Northern Territory. Um, a French guy who they, he said he was going to kill himself and put his shoes and everything, I think, near a cliff in Sydney. Oh, yeah. You hear about that? Yeah, vaguely. I know a few of these. The old uh, you know, clothing and, a, and a, one of Grandma's beach towels, leave that on the beach and then just fuck off somewhere. Yeah, but then the, the cop somehow remembered, this is a bit sus to me, the cop remembered getting a call from the spot of somebody with a French accent saying somebody just jumped off the cliffs. Uh, He's remembered right. that from 23 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which it's like, they don't remember that much. No. Come on. They don't remember what they just wrote down in that little notepad. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't need the notepad. Yeah. Their memories were that good. <laughs> you know what? On Sherwood Crescent, though, the only, the only house on the street not destroyed 
the priest's house. Oh. So priests get houses sometimes. That little collection plate really fucking works out. Yeah, and it's um, it's going to help you get a few more members down at church. Oh, yeah. Look. Don't believe in the big man. Well, have a look at fucking Sherwood Crescent yeah. or whatever. <laughs> look whose house is left. House of the Lord. Yeah. Um, going to help memberships. That's as good as a premiership for an AFL team, I reckon. You reckon he was celebrating the priest going, well, yeah, told you. Yeah. There'd be a lot more people. It'd be a packed church that <laughs> next week. Um, well, it's, you know, it makes sense that a uh, different Lord did the thing as opposed to the one who saved people. Uh, it turned out a couple of Libyans did it back when Gaddafi was still in the news, one of the kookier of the great dictators. The, um, mm. the intelligence officer who gave the orders for the bomb found himself jailed for life for 270 counts of murder, which he was serving in Scotland until he got prostate cancer, like lots of men and got let out of jail so he could spend three years at the end of his life as a free man before his dick exploded or whatever happens. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't look into it. Well, man, and I've read the – I'm having a look at the Wikipedia page. I had no idea because I don't think the Air Crash Investigations episode mentioned that all the conspiracies around this bloke. I didn't realise it was, you know, it was such a big deal that this guy was arrested and, and jailed. A lot of people think he had nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah. Well, it came from the top. It was uh, Muammar Gaddafi, I think. Oh, the way, a classic Christmas crash, the old Lockerbie. But um, he had to, Gaddafi had to give everyone some cash. Mm. That's where your mate comes in. <laughs> Dark allergy. Yes. Uh, a memorial depicting the face of terrorism, a healing sculpture garden for the world. Yeah. And this is from Susie Lowenstein. Dark allergy? Allergy? Allergy. This is from some genuine, legitimately earned to the tune of $100 million personal fortune of uh, Gaddafi, a lot of which is still missing. When the rebels yanked Gaddafi out of the sewer where he was hiding and bayoneted him in the dick until he was dead, he didn't get the chance to say, well, well, hang on, fellas. Don't you want to know where all the Libya's gold reserves I stole are? We don't care, Gaddafi. We're big and busy just making you a new slit. So a lot of that's still missing. Yeah, it was one of those very, like I I assume nobody getting beaten to death is a good thing, but I do remember in the news them mentioning him getting bayoneted in the dick and balls. Yeah. You think, fuck, no matter what he did, do you deserve that? Not a lot of dictators die in a bed. No. Just sort of quietly in their sleep, do they? (laughs) They know it's fucking coming. No. They're living large. They go out the same way they got in, violently. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So the victim's families earn themselves a fat stack each to ease the pain. That's where Dark Elegy comes in. Yeah, Dark Elegy. Suze Lowenstein, her her son, uh, Alexander, he was 21. He was one of the kids that died, very sadly, in the Pan Am Lockerbie crash. Um, And she's used the money. And my husband and I, this is a quote from the website, darkelegy103.com. My husband and I feel that this is the most appropriate use for the large sum of money paid to us by the Libyan government of Colonel Gaddafi, um, and that is she's turned it into a uh, like a she's made a piece of art, a healing sculpture garden, which has got seventy five larger than life pieces, each portraying a mother or wife um, in the nude when they first heard the news of the death of their loved ones. So there's just seventy five nude female statues. Yeah. What are the odds they all got the call while in their birthday suits? I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's what you do. You get some bad news. You've got to take your clothes off straight away. Start crying and wailing and throwing your hands up. It's part of the healing process. Not if you're a Cody. If you're a Cody, you put on a tuxedo jacket and sweatpants and you get down to white ladies. You're going to have yourself a few sausage rolls and then <laughs> an open bar, Carlton Draft only. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> They're... um. I had a look through the Dark Elegy website, of course, obviously, and uh, they're looking for a location for Dark Elegy. No one wants it. I don't know if she's got it at home, if it's a real grim backyard. Yeah. But it's quite a – where is it? Is it in a storage facility? I don't know, man. Are we going to see it on a on a storage wars one day? <laughs> you know, I, I pick this one and you open it up and go, fuck, what is in here? Pull up the roller door and go, for fuck's sake. I just bought this <laughs> thing for 50 bucks yeah. and I've got a – Get rid of this paper mache shit. Yeah, I wanted a Babe Ruth rookie card. I've got all these nude chick <laughs> statues. No, thank you. By the way, I love on the website too, it says, this sculpture needs no language. It is understood by all. 
It is not political in any partisan sense. It knows no borders. Mm. Um, well, on a somber note, we should all take a moment to think of the victims and maybe say a little prayer to our Lord. Maybe then he'll find a location for Dark Elegy TM also- <laughs> to uh, find a permanent home where people can come and pay their respects for a nominal fee. Amen. I wonder if the Patreon subscribers would mind if we used all the cash to try and pick up. Just get one of them. Just go grab that one, will you? I'll, have, I'll take one. Bronze it up. Also, I love this sculpture needs no language. It is understood by all. And three paragraphs beforehand. There are 75 larger-than-life pieces, each portraying a mother or wife at that moment when they first heard the awful news of the death of their loved one to that terrorist act. Turns out it does need language, yeah. the sculpture. because it. <laughs> Most do. You can't give a description and then say it doesn't need one. Art galleries wouldn't have those little bits of palm cards stuck to the wall near shit, would they, if language wasn't required? You know what I'd love? I want, I'd love art critics to go around, see a piece, and then write down what they think it means. And then the artist card, you can flip it over and see how close they are. Yeah. I don't reckon many of them would be close. <laughs> um, all taking shots in the dark. Anyway, bloody Lockerbie, classic crash. Watch the watch the docos. There's a few, I, I assume. Get into Gaddafi if you haven't already. He's uh, quite the character, 20th century character. Big figure in my childhood in the military dictator fucking prime time of the 80s. Um, Wasn't he like he was at Studio 54 and stuff? It was a bit of a party animal. Yeah, I think they don't mind a bit of a party. Mm. Like nothing, you know, nothing better than a bloke with heaps of medals on his chest dancing. I'm surprised that's how most of them don't die. Just curvature of the spine from all their made-up war medals twisting their <laughs> twisting their torso to one side. Too many. Yeah, I'd like to see by the same token, like rock stars just trip over while they're getting their honorary degrees from a university. And just fucking fall flat on their face and smash it through the glass of their fucking degree. What what have you done? You're not a doctor. Grow up. Anyway, that was Lockerbie. <laughs> what they, uh, I mean, it's not all fun and games. We've got to get to the um, <clears throat> get to the, the fights here. We've. Uh, we better get stuck right into a Christmas classic. We're looking here at, uh, if you cast your mind back, to December 27, 2005. We're looking at um, Monarch Airlines, Flight 558, Manchester to Tenerife, fucking classic route. Oh. And uh, Monarch Airlines. <laughs> Again, I've mentioned this before. I, I honestly thought when this was starting that we'd see a lot of, you know, Sydney or Perth, or Brisbane to Phuket or Bali, yeah. not even close to Northern England to Spain. Well, it's just going by the numbers. Oh, I mean, we've got per capita, we'd we'd have the same. Yeah, but um, we'll get to them. But sort of going by numbers, Manchester has more brawlers than Australia as a whole. Yeah, it has people. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I mean, Monarch Airlines not quite as regal as it sounds, though. <laughs> Almost as if you can just call your company something its clientele don't represent. Um. <laughs> Unless a lot of princes and princesses come from Luton, Manchester, Birmingham, and Gatwick. And uh, I don't know if you recall, back in 2017, biggest airline collapse in UK history until your mates at Thomas Cook took the mantle in 2019. Fuck yeah. Yes. Good work, Monarch. I remember that. That's one of those great um, a lot of people, a lot of people on the news complaining that they can't get their money back. Yeah. Because the, you know, the airlines collapsed. Mm-hmm. They're like, I paid three pounds for this flight yeah. and now it's gone. But I think they crunch the numbers and think how many millions of people paid three pounds and think I need my cut. Um, <laughs> so it, like I hadn't heard of Monarch. I'd been operating since the 60s. As usual, when you sort of have a gander at an unusual airline, straight to the incidents and accidents section. Um, yeah. No biggies, just their pilots have trouble landing in Gibraltar. Nearly fucked up quite oh. a few times down there. You'd probably just cut it off, wouldn't you? If that's the problem. Yeah. No more of that. Yeah. No more Gibraltar. It's it's a tricky airport, I think, but, uh, you know, yeah. they are pilots. Um, in 1985, though, on their way from Tenerife to Luton, some leaking lavatory fluid contacted some wiring, oh. which arced and caused two explosions, nearly took it down. Jesus. Just some fucking Guinness shits. Yeah. The culprit was Captain 
insulated wiring. Took down a Swiss air flight in Nova Scotia in 88. Still in use in lots of planes now. Not in the new bills. It's the fucking asbestos of the sky. Mate, I know the wiring again. Thanks to air crash investigations. Um, it was in a flight entertainment system. And I watched that one before I went on my first ever overseas trip to the US. Yeah, right. And my TV didn't work and I didn't bother anyone about it. I just thought, leave it alone, you know. You don't want some hostess with a screwdriver fucking around and killing everyone or trying to fix your telly. No, thank you. I'll just stare out the window for 16 hours. (laughs) Well, um, on this particular Monarch Airlines flight, a uh, 53-year-old John Doe got cut off and he wasn't having it. Can't get his name. They didn't release it. He got asked to sign a warning, and we've seen this time and again. Lowy's now very few things well about life. Warnings, not to be taken seriously. More chili machine, well overdue for a jackpot. Never sign anything while you're fucking maggot. Bad idea. Smart move. Yeah. Smart move. Why do they keep handing out these written warnings to drunk people? They don't understand them. No. Fight them. Yeah. Fight the drunk person. <laughs> the captain has decided to... Divert to Porto Santo Island in the Madeiras, 300 miles from the destination. And uh, he left the 53-year-old bloke on the tarmac next to his bags and everyone cheered and off they went, <laughs> arriving in Tenerife four hours late. So Probably standard. Well, yeah. Standard monarch. Standard monarch tardiness. Yeah, that's probably standard monarch times, yeah. As expected, though, John Doe is actually one of your mates. He's a Patrick O'Doherty. Instead, oh, you found out. Oh, I've, I, did, I don't know his name. I'm just, so, you know, instead of a John, I don't know his fucking name. But just a classic Irish. Oh, he's an Irish Irishman living in Lancashire. Your mate. Oh Jesus, that's a rough combo. Couldn't find his name anywhere. I do know that he had a one-way ticket to Tenerife on his own. Maybe starting a new life down there. Who knows? <laughs> going maybe going open an Irish-themed pub in Tenerife. Fuck yeah, straight out of a shipping container. And this, well, this paddy get down there. We've spoken about those before in a previous episode. They're, look at it. I think there's a Planet Money podcast on the guy that invented the the company that just sells Irish bars. Yeah. You just tell him the dimensions of your the space you've got available. He will fucking flat pack you an Irish bar in a shipping container, including heaps of pint glasses pre-smashed on the floor. I yep. assume, <laughs> which is sawdust, <laughs> Irish sawdust, <laughs> Irish sawdust, real crunchy. Um, no thongs. I mean, if he, if he did want to go down and make an Irish pub, he would get off and think, ah, oh, shit, I already have sure. the Dubliner Irish pub in Tenerife, the Clatter, the Hole in the Wall Irish pub, Brannigan's Irish pub, Murphy's Irish pub, the Irish Rose, Malurky's Irish bar, and Paddy O'Kelly's. <laughs> That's just in Tenerife. Again. Who the fuck is drinking Guinness and eating mashed potatoes? Lots of cunts. In Spain. Yeah. Heaps of them. Spain? No, am I right there? Yes. Yeah. He was um he was kicked off in the Golden Isle in Madeira, home to Christopher Columbus before he set sail, and despite a possible two year sentence under Portuguese law, released to enjoy the sights for thirty six hours before getting on another plane to go to Tenerife. Personally I would have just stayed there. Looks amazing. How did he get on another plane? It was a tiny little airport, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, obviously, they've got a plane from there to Tenerife. He's chartered it and gone. Not one Irish bar, though. I wonder if it's one of those Shannon Airport style things. There's an airline that says, big hole in the market here. People are just getting dropped off at this fucking place. Too maggot. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's book flights like a day after the other ones are going to Tenerife. That way, we can just pick them up, charge double. Yeah, I don't think anyone booked to go to Porto Santo. It's one of those, yeah. Three hours from any fucking tip rat, des- tip rat sort of departure, you're going to find these joints. Mm. Your Shannons, your Bermudas, <laughs> your Porto Santos of the world. Um, anyway, he, he had to get to the spiritual home of Grubbery Tenerife and prop up a bar and see if some other brethren drew him into their pack. Start whinging about the shape of the shamrock in the head of his Guinness down at Malurkis. I don't know. <laughs> Malurkis. <laughs> Just, just a great name. Oh, pretty good. He's um, this bloke. He is banned for life. He will never fly Monarch Airlines again. A bit like the rest of us, but got himself a sick little side trip 
you got to feel good about that too when you get banned for life and then the airline ends before you do. Yeah. You go, no, 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 no. I ban you for life, Monarch Airlines. Your pieces of shit. It's like any, like I can get banned from an airline once per day for the rest of my life. Fine. If if you live in Europe. Good to go. Absolutely fine. There's so many of them. Um, Mate, by the way, I just had a quick Google uh, Google map search of the Tenerife Irish pubs because I wanted to have a look. Yep. Temple Bar, the Irish Anchor, Bar Paddy, McGinty, Scruffy Max, Irish Rover, Irish Oak. There's a lot of them. And they all appear to be – Tenerife is a fucking big island. Mm. These are all – these have to be within a kilometre. Oh, 2K of each other, I reckon. Yeah. When you get ejected from one, you don't want to have to stumble too fucking far. It's like when you go to a lot of countries and, and they're all selling the same thing. Like there's a street with people just selling oranges. You go, why don't you – Move a bit away from the other orange guy next door. No, I'm staying here. Pretty good. O'Neill's Irish Pub and Brannigan's Irish Pub right on the beach. Same as the Dubliner, the Irish Rose, Sloop Bar, which sounds fucking horrendous. Yeah. And oh, Malurkey's is another is another beach bar. That's only got a 4.2 though, unfortunately. On um... <laughs> Oh, O'Neill's. O'Neill's Irish Pub slash nightclub, 2.1. Great. On the old Google reviews. Very good. I, sh- I didn't get into that. This place is awful. Uh, somebody didn't even go in. Luke Will, a local guide, he's had 15 reviews. Nine months ago, he gave it one star. Walked past in the daytime, could tell it was an absolute dive. These other reviews don't surprise me. So he hasn't He hasn't even gone in. Bit unfair. Matt Stokes, he's left four reviews. A year ago, he left a one star. Agree. With other reviews, paid for six drinks and on the last two barmen tried to give us soda water and Coke instead of Havana 7 and Diet Coke. Clocked it, asked for Havana and got swore at by the bar staff who reluctantly, uh, he spelt reluctantly wrong, poured the right drink in the end. He also spelt poured P-O-O-R-E-D. And then he's got, be careful, all one word, B-E-C-A-R-E-F-U-L, dot, dot, dot. So... Matt's all over it. Makes you think, doesn't it? I love it. I love that he's clocked it. <laughs> yeah, I clocked that. Yeah, I'm onto you. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. I'm oh, on it. <laughs> um, this guy, though, this John Dave, really, really unappreciated his side trip. I don't know if he even like. What, why wouldn't you just stay there? It looks fucking sick. Like if there was a reward, going to a cool island, you'd never go there unless you're getting kicked off, like a dumb child. Mm. Like, oh, no, you can't stare at an iPad while I'm driving. What you can do is look out the window at the scenery. I'll probably never be here again. They, and then they have a strop. No, I want to go to fucking Tenerife. Yuck. Oh. Um, and he didn't even have to because, oh, there's no uh, there's no Irish bar. I've looked it yeah, up. Yeah, I looked it up. No Irish bars there. That's why he had That's to go. Porto. Um, <laughs> if alive now, and the stats yeah. suggest otherwise, he was 53, <laughs> Uh, this bloke would... 53 in what year? 05. He would be 69 yeah. years young today mm. if he's around. I wonder what he'd be up to. My guess, his neck in gout. <laughs> Just a red spongy nose. Fuck yeah. Drinking a Guinness on the beach oh. with some undiagnosed melanomas yeah. on his legs and arms. <laughs> I, I tell you what, melanoma. Once you diagnose a melanoma, it goes. You know, you go downhill pretty quick. Better off just ignoring them. Man, I can joke about melanoma like I can joke about uh, having the shakes, right? Because I've I've probably got them. Yeah. Like I went last year, had a few things cut out, and I just spent four months in Queensland, and uh, some of them have gotten a bit bigger. So. All kidding aside, I will go get my skin checked. Yeah, go down there, mate. Get amongst it. Good to have a little bloody message at the end of a story, isn't it? Got a, a ram at home. <laughs> and uh, for anyone listening at home, buddy, look after yourselves and each other. Um, Make sure you get your skin checked. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we've got fucking ads and we clearly don't. Um <laughs> The, uh, so that's it for that, John Doe. Not a lot of information about him, just some fucking dickhead who needed to get to Tenerife quick. Uh, Mate, you could just look up any other, just type Irish 69-year-old and you could find out about John Doe, I reckon. Oh, you'll find him. He'll be the one. Uh, no, as in they're just, they're probably all the same. It's like lemmings. 
Who knows? Well, I think there'd only be a handful of them. <laughs> Blokes. The women in Ireland really bump up the life expectancy over there. Do you, yeah. In in Northern Ireland, you get a letter from the Queen at 65 or something. Yeah. I go, hey, we've had to, <laughs> had to move the goalposts. Against all odds. You fucking yeah. lunatics. <laughs> Dogs get them when they're 15. Northern Irish, 65. <laughs> um. Our second flight for this Christmas special um, is, of course, uh, Southwest Airlines, Las Vegas to Boise, Idaho, December oh, 28, great. 2010. What do you know about Boise State's college football team, Heggy? Oh, what do you reckon? <laughs> Are they called the Potatoes? No, the Boise State Broncos, actually, and they play on something. Uh, it's a it's a one-off, I believe. They play on a thing. They're... Um, stadium, Albertson Stadium, uh, their logo is blue and orange. They play on Smurf Turf is what it's nicknamed, Blue Turf. Oh, right. You've got to play on blue grass. Mm. Did they? I saw a clip, maybe it was them, have someone like a player just lie down yes. in his blue uniform on the blue grass and hide. Yes, Viet Cong style. In a white helmet, put his, put his face on the fucking white line and jumped up, <laughs> magic. Yeah, scored a touchdown. Yeah, brilliant. Most exciting thing that's ever happened in Gridiron. I clocked it. Get fucked. <laughs> so, um, in 2010, though, a kid. So, by the way, some nerve coming from a bloke who will go and watch unicycle hockey <laughs> to say that fucking American football's boring. <laughs> I won't have it. I like cycling and unicycle hockey. Fuck unicycle off. hockey doesn't go for six hours for one game, <laughs> one ball game. Although I will watch cricket, which goes for five days. Um, a, uh, a kid has been to Vegas for Christmas, of course, and he hasn't had enough oh, of gaming. So he's on his phone playing more fucking games when he gets on the plane. And um, the crew. Fair enough too because I must say I've been to Vegas five or six times. Nothing weirder to me than seeing a child in Vegas. So fucking get out. Get out. Not a family joint. Not at all. You just see these families walking down the strip. There's little Mexican guys are flicking cards with numbers for escorts on them. Yeah. Just hear that. <laughs> little whistles because they're not they're not allowed to say, Oi, get yourself an escort. Yeah, right. Just that. You just hear this <laughs> snapping. And, and there's just a little girl with fucking Disney ears on that she got from the last stop on the holiday. Get out of Las Vegas if you're a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel similarly about. I mean, I, you know, some parents are cool about it and stuff. Like kids coming into late night shitty comedy clubs, and just the most heinous things being said, and they bring like a pair of ten year olds or something in there as well, and sit there and just make the whole thing awkward. Strange. Oh, mate, I had the other year at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, there was a grandma in the front row with a nine year old and a seven year old. Oh, and. I said, Nan, I don't want to be rude, but I don't think you've picked the right show for these children. And she said, don't worry, I've seen you before, cunt. They'll love it. That's what the Scottish grandma said. Christ. Place went off. The kids were wrapped. (laughs) Goodness. I've seen you before, cunt. Fucking hell. So good. I had in Sydney Comedy (laughs) Festival a few years ago, Yeah, this woman came in with no shorter than, than 12 10 or 11-year-olds mm-hmm. and just took up the first two rows with that. Yeah. And I said something. I was like, Jesus. This, and she goes, no, it's all right. I just, um, it's my son's birthday, so he had all his friends over. I wanted to come to your show. It's the only show I could come to, so I just bought them all tickets, told them they're fucking coming. All right, eh? All right. Well, Great. we'll see. Was it hard for the rest of the crowd? Or was it hard for you to perform? No, it was all right, but I don't, I don't really care. But it did make it, like other people feel... Sorry for them. No, I just mean it must have been difficult for you because with the kids in the front row, you'd then have to move 100 metres away, as the court told you to do. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) What happens with an avocado? If you've got one out on you, right, and and the person... Oh, what? An avo. A-V-O. Oh, A-V-O. If you got one of them out on you, right, but the person who took it out on you comes to your show while you're on stage before, what do you got to do? Is it on you or them? I don't know. I've never thought about it. Like surely they can't just come to your work and make you unemployed. 
<laughs> because you're not allowed to fucking be there anymore because they're standing there. I don't know. Yeah. Makes you think. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's call a family lawyer. There's enough ads for him on the news when the league's on. No, we're no fee one. I don't know if they like questions though. They still charge you for some questions for your own to sate your curiosity. Oh, do they? Um, <laughs> so he's on the plane, right? This kid, he's playing his phone, playing some fucking games. Yeah. I don't know. And um, the crew made announcements for phones to be turned off. He didn't listen. Um, Sixty-eight-year-old Russell Miller sitting next to him, thinking this is exactly what's wrong with the world. Lines in the sand have been trampled by the youth, mainly due to their heads being in phones all the goddamn time. God damn it. Do I have to do everything? So he's tapped the boy on the arm, according to him. Yeah, and according to others. <laughs> according to the teenager and a bunch of bleeding heart witnesses, Russell punched him, leaving a mark. Also, this kid has learned a lesson, which is on the flights out of Vegas, just do whatever the person next to you asks. Oh, yeah. Because they had a bad time. You. The way you arrive in Vegas and the way you leave, you're two very different humans. Yeah. Sometimes you're barely a human when you go. I remember once when my uh, now wife and I were in the early stages going out, we are in the States and we, we went to Vegas for a few days and on the flight out, well, fucked. We must have gone to bed at 5 in the morning, had a 10 a.m. flight, yeah. just a dumb two-hour nap. We are lying on the floor in the airport. Yeah. Or I was sitting up, she was lying on me and there was a nun who walked past and just shook her head. Oh, really? She must have had a big win. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people on the way out, you don't leave Vegas in front, otherwise you'd stay until you're behind. I reckon if you walk out of Vegas airport, I reckon if you looked in the bushes, you'd see people who just, you're better off just stashing your passport and a bit of cash at the airport for when you get back because you're not fucking, you're not coming back with anything in your hands after a few days in Vegas, are you? No. You turn up at the airport. With nothing. Yeah, got to put a fucking Jamba Juice across three different credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, though, if, if my name were Russell, I'd just fucking hit people all the time anyway. Um, I'll tell you what, though, when, when I had a look at this, if you Google Boise man hit teen, there's a lot worse stuff going on in the potato state than our Russell telling a kid to turn off his fucking phone. There's, uh, even Southwest man hits teen. It's, you try to find more articles on it, as I do, and fuck, man, in Austin in May this very year, a uh, a plane, I Googled Southwest Man <laughs> Hits or something like that, a plane ran out. Oh, man, it's like, it's like Irish drinking diverted. You type that in, it's the internet. It's probably most of the results on the internet. That's the rest of your life taken care of. There's a, there's a desert <laughs> full of those fucking computer chips just with that <laughs> sitting there. Big servers. Yeah. <laughs> I do love an idea of a massive <laughs> server farm out in the Nevada desert, <laughs> just holding Irish drunken. Yeah, it's got a big red, white, orange plane story. Um, uh, sorry, green, white, orange flag on the on the top of it. So you fly over the top. Yeah, that's the Irish fights one. Um, yeah, Southwest man hits teen in Austin, Texas, in May this year. A plane ran over a bloke while it was landing. Jesus, he was just on the runway. Jesus. My guess is minding his own business. God, you can't even jump a few fences that have uh, barbed wire on them anymore without getting yourself into some mischief. Yeah, I think he was playing chicken. Got swept up in the in the wind. <laughs> Whack. Straight into a wheel. Done. I've got to ask, how'd he go? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> there they go out there with a shovel and a couple of brooms. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Um. Southwest makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> Southwest Airlines, though, fair bit in the tank when it comes to incidents. If you have a look at Southwest, yeah. he um, this one right, airsafe.com, pretty good resource. There's a section titled Southwest Airlines crashes, and there's enough for a whole section. This this also from 2010, uh, not even a crash, of course. They they kick Kevin Smith of. Uh, Clerks, oh, Simon yeah. Bob. Being too fat. Yeah. Two seats. Kicked him off the plane for being too fat. He tells of his mounting anxiety and depression in the following days as the story soars to number one with a bullet, almost as if his Twitter tirade wasn't the reason people were talking about him in the fucking first place. So mm. this, um, this 
unapologetic glutton. Well, he's been kicked off for needing two seats and not wanting to pay for it. Mm. He's gone, you know what, this has hurt my anxiety and depression. You go, you've missed the thing you're meant to fix here, mate. Yeah. That's not why they kicked you off. Well, it all starts with uh, something that's not their fault. Um, he uh, After this, he had to get a bus, had to go and buy a bus. Couldn't buy the extra seat. He could buy a, a bus and fit it out, make it custom and start travelling exclusively on it, touring Jay and Silent Bob, eventually making a nostalgic movie reboot of the popular duo yet again. Good way to do it. We love a comeback story, don't we? Oh. Just get too fat for one seat, which in America is insane. Fuck, he must have been real big. Yeah. A lot of American flights, you get the double belt, you know. I've seen people get the double belt. Oh, yeah, they just come and give it to you, do they? Yeah, an extender, like you've got a baby, but you don't. I reckon you must request it because I've seen I've seen someone get given the double belt before and it doesn't look like like the hostesses can't just come down and go, look at the size of you, here's another seatbelt because that would kick off the anxiety. They must have it in their ticket. Yeah, pay extra. That they need a baby belt. Um, he's uh, I never saw the thank you note he sent to Southwest for their part in inadvertently making him fucking relevant again. He's dropped a bunch of weight now and he said that was one of the things that made him do it. Oh, okay. Did he thank them? Yeah. He had a heart attack. And yeah, he's turned it. He's turned it all around. Yeah, right. Refuses to stay silent about it. Evidently, quite quite a lot of people though famously just don't fly, so they deck out a big bus or find some some other kooky way to tell people they're special. Whoopi Goldberg, uh, John Madden. Who's John Madden again? I thought John Madden was the coach of the Oakland Raiders. Oh, they gotcha. won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's the face of the Madden franchise. So he'd have to set off two days earlier than the than the team. To get to the East Coast, yeah, he'd be he'd be going with uh, with all the crew, like all the NFL crew. He'd have his own bus, mm. but I think he'd be driving along with the crew that have all the equipment and everything, okay. all the cameras and everything, to set up for Monday Night Football the next week. Fucking hell! Spent a lot of time on a bus. Big travel over there. Um, well, anyway, a lot of people try to tell people they're special before plying their wares. It's American dream. Not that many look to be heroes for being gluttons, though. But uh, old Kev did. What do I know? Brave New World. Pretty much all the seven deadly sins have been rebranded. That one in particular. It's an act of heroism. <laughs> Back on Russell, of course. Uh, vigilanteism and like punching a kid. This would, this would get you the keys to the city in 2020. Nothing better than being right and playing the fucking cop about it, just enforcing the law by a citizen's arrest. It's completely replaced larrikinism in Australia. Anyway, we love it. I um I told a guy to get his bottle of water out of sauna the other day. Quite aggressive I was too. Felt great. <laughs> Mate, it's the year of the curtain twitcher thanks to oh, COVID. Fuck yeah. People loving playing cops. When I got back to Melbourne, our neighbours were saying one of the other neighbours turned into a bit of a curtain twitcher. Yeah. I had to hear all their stories. Guess what? The stories of a stage four lockdown, not as good as being in Queensland for a few months. Oh, absolutely not. Did you cover it all in a half hour when you got back and then that's it? See you, mate. No, we spoke to him about all the different things they were doing during lockdown and everything and I just felt rude. I was like, yeah, God, that must have been rough. Mm. Yeah, I remember they only let 30,000 in at the AFL Grand Final. <laughs> Bit of a downer. They can get 40,000 at the Gabba. Sucked in. But it was all right. It was all sorted for game three of State of Origin. That was packed. Yeah. Anyway, what else do you guys do? <laughs> Well, evidently, everyone just got into dobbing on everyone else. It's a, it's a new pastime. One mistake Russell made, though, is that you can yell at people for doing the wrong thing, but not the precious children. You've got to leave them alone until they're 18, then you can bash them. Ahead of his time, old Russell, or behind, I don't know. I reckon it's coming back at some stage. This era is going to get laughed at in the future of not bashing kids. You know, look what happened when we when we took 30 years off bashing kids. Look what's fucking happened. Yeah. Well, it's like you don't have to get bashed, but my wife and I talk about our son it will never be allowed to get a smack ever. And I said, I got smacked twice. One was I ran out onto the road. I must have been three or four. And my dad said he caught me by the back of the shirt, like caught me by the neck of the shirt yeah. and just gave me a little smack and I cried. And he said, cars hurt more than that. Um. And I thought, yep, and I remembered that. I forget, I forget what the other one was for. Yeah, it was either not, not too serious, or Dad went too hard. I don't remember. Yeah. By <laughs> um, <laughs> the way, I wake up screaming most nights. <laughs> but it's one of those things. It's like, what? No, not a little fucking smack for anything ever. That it seems insane. 
because what does happen is they get to 18, somebody has a few drinks at a bar, then you get punched in the mouth and go, oh, oh, there are physical ramifications for mistakes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Loud mouths. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to hurt. Um, I can't find the bastard anyway. Try finding a 78-year-old on the internet when they're not famous. Fucking hell. Especially with a common name. And uh, mm. Boise, Idaho, full of Russell Millers by the look of things. I, saw, I did see a picture of him at the time, though, and he's sort of right on the edge of being an old man, you know, where they end up looking very similar to each other, yeah. like babies. If, if he was a, if he's a family member, you'd, you'd know it were him. If not, he's just another old bastard cutting the queue at the petrol station. Who knows? You take a fucking you take a mug shot of 100 men over 65, half crims, half nerds, you'd never pick which is which. Just roll the dice. Mate, the thing about the uh, photo, for me, the mug shot, is um, of Mr. Miller there is he does have, and again, this is why I said I don't think he was in the best state leaving Sin City. Yeah. He's got very glassy eyes. Yeah. Well, in a way, pretty good time to get a mug shot because it's not the real you. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen my mug shots, but I reckon they look rough as fuck <laughs> and you wouldn't recognize me. Oh, that's what did did you get a did you get a mug shot for something? Yeah. Um, Indecent exposure. That's right. What'd you do? Take a piss somewhere. Yeah, Brisbane. Got uh, got a bit of a touch-up from the filth and uh, mug shots and fingerprints and night in the clink. Wow. I put it down to experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> Russell Wright, he's been arrested for this, for bashing the kid, or as he says, a little tap on the arm. He arrested and pleaded guilty to battery three days in the big house followed by 57 days suspended, $275, roughly 400 Aussie. Russell said, look, I'm old school. You abide by the rules. They have them for a reason. Indicates to me, like the majority of old white men in America, Russell, ex-military. Oh, yeah, getting that vibe. They're all ex-military. There's some sort of military connection with nearly every man (laughs) I've met from America (laughs) who's over 50-odd. Yeah. Um, Old school, though, such a fucking insult, the term... Old school, it generally just means violent. Mm. Unless you're on the radio, it means shit song. <laughs> I f- oh, man, I feel, I do feel bad for the bloke because he, he and a few others on the plane said it was a tap. A few others have said a punch. Yeah. And again, I reckon that should then go, where's he coming from? Las Vegas, let's call it a tap. I don't reckon he meant for it to be a punch. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, when they... When the media want, want to make a show too, they always say teenager, implying someone's flogging thirteen-year-olds who, let's face it, are begging to be fucking thrashed all the time. In fact, I'd gladly part with two hundred and seventy-five US just to show the hairy side to a random fucking thirteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I remember me at fifteen, bleach fucking bleach white hair, traps. You couldn't you couldn't see my fucking neck, just playing gridiron and footy. Mm. And a bracelet with my nickname Crusher on it. I would have loved for a sixty-eight-year-old to punch me in the arm. <laughs> Fucking, it's on. <laughs> you'd be wear, you'd be wearing my phone as a hat. You come out looking pretty bad. My experience fighting really old men uh, at the time <laughs> they can sound quite aggressive and and up to it. But once you give them a touch up, they look like shit. Yeah. You see the pictures in the news of of an old man in the hospital who's been bashed. You go, Jesus, what animals did this? Yeah. But they probably just brush past him. They bruise fucking easy. Oh man, you got to watch that. They do. My nan, my nan always used to say that she'd have a bruise on her arm. I go, Nan, what happened? She'd say, Windy day. Yeah, just the wind. Yeah. that'll do it to you if you're old enough. Yeah. <laughs> Your fingers are all blue from putting it through the fucking teacup. It's, you can't touch anything. Um, they really do. They do love a beat up. It's the same as supplying alcohol to children in America. You just could be buying your twenty year old mate a beer. Yeah. Then next thing you get mugshots supplying alcohol to children. Man, I want to give a shout out to the uh, to the petrol station, the Chevron, the Chevron gas station in Salem, Oregon. When I worked there at the summer camp when I was nineteen, yeah, I went there to get beers one night. Well, my mate, uh, he he could buy booze, I couldn't buy booze. And the guy working at the Chevron said, "How old are you?" And I said, "Nineteen." He goes, "What are you? Where are you from?" I said, "Australia. I'm here working at a summer camp." He goes, fuck, man, you could have picked anywhere in the world. You've ended up in a Chevron in Salem. Just buy whatever booze you want. You just sold me beers. Yeah, great. Legend. Nice one. Well, that's good. Because I, I was travelling 
in America for a fair while by myself and then with others and hitchhikers and what have you. And I had some English people with me at the time and they were like 20, 19. I was 22, 23. Yeah. We'd go to a restaurant. I'd order myself a jug of beer. Yeah. Sit there and drink it in front of them. Like, <laughs> get some lemonades, kids. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm getting maggot. One of you's going to have to drive. <laughs> Fuck. That's a, that's a young man thing too, isn't it? Just ordering a jug of beer for yourself. Oh, yeah. Go, well, I want two pints. But it's way cheaper if I just get a jug. You couldn't. I don't think you could do it as an adult. It'd be frowned upon. I've done it. I used to get jugs in Brisbane. They had cheap jugs. When was that? Oh, it was a while ago. I bought a jug this year. Just for you? <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking hell. It's like a, a fucking thirteen buck jug or something, or it was about nine bucks a schoon. I'm like fuck that. I'm having a jug. <laughs> Had a jug. How many glasses would you like? None, dickhead. Just give me the jug. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the glass right here in my mouth. Yeah. Ah, I can pour it in there. Yeah, turn the tap on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put my mouth under this. Turn it off when you think we're at a jug level. The, um, this particular teenager, though, who's right in the middle, 15, so easily capable of fielding a punch from a custard-arm old man like Russell who hasn't wanted to punch a kid. My grandfather, he used to just fucking hit me every time he gave me something. Oh, yeah? Back when grandfathers were like, oh, you want 50 cents? I sure do. Open palm across the face with 50 cents in it, like that sort of thing. <laughs> Have a laugh. Or maybe they grab a cheek on the way through. Oh, yeah, get you in a headlock. Yeah, give you a fucking... Proper wrestle. Oh, give your nose a fucking yank. That's how I learned that nothing's free. No, it's not. You say you want 20 cents, but do you really? Because you're going to get a fucking thumping before you get it. <laughs> Good lesson to learn. The earlier you learn it, the better. Yeah. And on that lovely note, we're at the end of another episode of Mid-Flight Brawl, part two of our Christmas edition. Christmas. Thanks so much for listening in. Hope you're all having a ripper holidays. <laughs> Hope you all get what you want on your special Christmas list. Uh, until next time, I've been Nick Cody. That tip rats Luke Heggie and... Christmas. 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 See you next week. See you, mate. Thanks for tuning in to Midair Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, ready to go. The clap. Hang on, sorry, I fucked it. Clap. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.